Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. So today is a very special episode with a very, very special guest. So today we're going to be running through um, a Ramadan special and with that coming up in mid-April, I wanted to bring on someone who's not only taken his clients through the journey, but who has gone through that himself as well. So we've got Umar Malik on the show today and just to give you a little bit of context before he takes the mic, he has also gone through a one hell of a journey from a transformation perspective, from a body transformations perspective. And we were just talking through the numbers that pretty much blew my mind. So Umar, once upon a time, was upwards of 180 kilos. And you heard that right, 180 kilos. And he dropped 85 kilos, not pounds, kilos, to kind of find himself at about 96 kilos and got into himself into phenomenal shape. Me and Uma go a few years back. We worked together once upon a time, created a bit of a mini bromance, which has maintained it to this day. So I just want to welcome Uma to the show. How's it going, Uma? It's going really well. Hey, you do this so good, man. You do this podcast thing. It's, it fits you like a glove. Great stuff, man. Thank you, mate. Thank you. So today, the first thing I want to do is just introduce you and go through your story a little bit more detail. So if you could, could you give like a five minute synopsis, your superhero origin story and run people through like what your journey looked like from being upwards of 180 kilos to where you are today? I love that. I love that question. Okay. So first off, thank you very much for having me on. People who are listening right now, thank you for taking the time out. So my story starts off with a fascination with Arnold Schwarzenegger and my dad. Those, those are the two of the origins that kind of pulled me forward. So watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies when I was little was the only thing I was ever interested in doing. If it wasn't, if, if he wasn't on the TV, I didn't want to know. And if he wasn't on the TV, you were about to know. So put that thing on, you know what I mean? That, that was my childhood, right? From a young age, my dad would be at two places. He would be at work or he'd be at the gym. And when he'd come home from work, he'd sit for a bit and then he would he would kind of eat his meal and then he would go to the gym. And he, I knew he would go to the gym because he'd have a massive 
high tech training bag, high tech that old old ass brand you can remember it right, sports yeah, specials. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he'd pick up his training bag and he'd go to the gym. I remember when I was around, I'd say five years old. I went with him, five six years old, and I was that crazy kid that was just running all over the place, fully enamored by everything I saw, and it really really sat deep in me. Fast forward about fifteen. Nah, I'd say about 13 years to when I'm just about to turn 18 years old. I haven't really started any kind of fitness journey yet. I've been playing a lot of sports, enjoying myself there. And my dad actually comes to me and says, do you want to go to the gym today? Um, I'm going to, to this place, this new place. They do a bit of boxing there and uh, I think you'd enjoy it. So I end up going down, really having a great time. Started boxing from the age of like 16, 17 and then got into, got into weights. There was a weights gym above the boxing gym. So mm-hmm. I would I then found that, you know what, I had a lot of energy for this. I had a lot of time for this. That, that, that early route was still there waiting to be watered. And uh, I'd show up to the boxing class first. And then I realized, oh, you know what, I'm going to get here a bit early. I'm going to train first. And then I'm going to go do the boxing class. And then I found out that, you know what, I actually enjoy the training side of things a little bit more than sometimes the boxing side of things. So I'd find myself in there seven days a week for a long time. I think in the first two, three years of me training, I can count on two hands the amount of sessions I missed mm-hmm. because it was just it was just what I did. I loved it. Absolutely fell in love with it from uh, from how it made my body feel, from how what it what it kind of gave me back. And sure. um then then you could say lost my way a little bit with regards to where my goals were, where my perspectives was, and um along along with like uh I'd say situation with regards to family with regards to kind of a stable home things start to go a little bit awry and I found myself wanting and needing to express myself more and more and this was what I did when I went to the gym so I found myself showing up and pushing myself harder and harder in, in certain ways and wanting to kind of carve my own path where other other paths were kind of being closed down or changed didn't really like that too much so I I'd, I'd I show up at the gym and use it as my my little sanctuary. You know, I use it as my little home away from home. So uh, it went to a place where I started to gain a bit of weight, wanted to get a bit stronger, wanted to continue to do that and do that and do that. And as I said, I lost my weight a little bit, so I ended up getting very heavy, very strong at the same time. So ticking one box, but also ticking the box of being quite unhealthy sure. and having quite a quite a destructive relationship with the gym. You know what I mean? Where I would enjoy it. I really would enjoy it. But at the same time, it was almost like I had to show up because I created this this persona in my head of what I wanted to be. Sure. Um, yeah, it got me to a place where I was over 180 kilos, wasn't very, very happy with myself. And uh, I, I needed to change, basically. So there was a few incidents involved within that. Me and my dad were actually in a pretty bad car accident after which neither of us could train for a little while. I was kind of laid up at home thinking, you know what? I need to do something here because I want to train. But I physically can't move. My body's a bit broken right now. Damn. Give me a bit of time to sit and reflect and think about what my life was going to look like in a couple of years' time if I carried on the way I'm going right now. And um, it actually brought me to a weird, a weird coach. Probably my first coach, not really a coach, but somebody whose videos I watched, which was Kelly Starrett. And okay. uh, started on the supple leopard train where, okay, I can't do much. So I'm going to do as, as, much, as, as much remedial work as I can to help my joints bear aching and so on and so forth. And that really sparked an interest into a deeper level of knowing more about my body. So started to understand how my joints worked and how my muscles worked a bit more rather than just going to the gym and just beat myself up. I was thinking of more of an intelligent approach, more of a, uh, an, an anatomical approach. From there, you get into the nutrition side of things and think, oh, you know what, I can clean this up a little bit. And uh, from there, I guess I started my own little journey of, of bringing myself back to myself, finding myself again. Over the next 
three and a bit years, four years, I, I ended up shedding upwards of 80 kilos, around 85 kilos, got myself into, into decent condition with, with regards to uh, getting into a photo shoot. And um, yeah, maintained that or similar to that kind of weight ever since taking up uh, jiu-jitsu again, taking up boxing, and uh, yeah, just overall enjoying my health and fitness in a way that I didn't used to before. That's a pretty insane journey, to say the least. And the question I have on the back of that is that a lot of people, you, I mean, you have to have a certain relationship with food, certain difficult challenges and like bad habits, let's say, you know, in, in a way to go up to that level, right? There's different certain behaviors that you're playing out to get to that level. Like there is gaining the odd five or 10 kilos is a difference in gaining that. And then someone who is like, you know, at the level that you were, to be fair, I know you were training everything like that. So my question to you is how have you been able to maintain this so much long-term? I know that you've then become a coach. um, You've kind of embodied it, but yeah, give me more about how you created this identity around being not just the person who trained and was super strong because that's one identity, but where you are today in terms of not needing to be, over 100 kilos, being a leaner person, being more health conscious than where you were when you were up at like the 180 mark? Mm-hmm. I'd say that to answer that question, I've got to look at my psychology around what I was chasing and how I was placing my my efforts when I was thinking that, you know, this is the only thing I wanted. And I'd probably say that there were, I didn't really see much for myself all my life in other directions. So I put all of my eggs in one basket and I really chased that till the end. And I don't, I've not met many people who at that time in their lives, at that age in their lives, were that kind of one-way orientated. I don't, I don't want to say driven for sure, but it was, it was, it's just, it was, it wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? It wasn't healthy. So it was just like, I was, I wasn't very conversational. I wasn't very social. Yeah. I was taking from other areas of my life to give to one area of my life. And I can say that now I'm seeing myself in a much more multifaceted way. I'm looking at myself and I'm winning when I'm having a conversation with yourself. I'm winning when I'm educating myself. I'm winning when I'm working on my business and so on and so forth. So I'd say as my as my world has kind of opened up, I'm seeing that I can put parts of myself that was directed to one effort before into many different things. And it's giving me happiness across the board as opposed to just in one area, which is, uh, which is where I placed it all before. That's really interesting. And that makes sense. And it's interesting to hear you say that you weren't sociable. Um, either because that's not the Umar that I met you know three or four years ago so that's that's a really really big transformation personally as well and it's an interesting one because I have a not quite the same story but a similar concept in terms of like if you knew me six or seven years ago you would only know the fitness person the personal trainer right like I think you can always tell a lot by the birthday cards you get from people and like my cake would be like you know someone with a six-pack on it or like every single birthday (laughs) card you would get would be gym related and I think this year it occurred to me and over the past few years as well it's like none of it has been gym related and I feel like as much as a huge part of my life I actually see it as a very small part and like you said I feel like the more multifaceted you become you know the more you're like oh actually you know it can just be this one aspect of my, of my life and it doesn't have to be my whole life as well so that's interesting I think that's good to hear for, from you for people who are going through their own journey at the moment who might think okay this has to be the rest of my life but you know like you said you're in a place now where it, you know you don't have to be 110% invested you can move away from being in that you know that challenging place where you know food is in so, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's a good question I wanted to come on to. Like, what did your day-to-day eating look like? I'm sure that's what everyone's thinking. <laughs> that was fun times, man. It was fun times. Oh, it, it was a good time. It was a good time in the kitchen. Uh, if I'm honest, it was, it was mainly just, it wasn't that unhealthy. I, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was, because 
there was like me and Mr. Kipling had a very strong relationship I'd say that <laughs> for starters but it was if I was having one plate of chicken and rice I would have two plates of chicken and rice at every meal you know what I mean so I'm eating I'm already eating a big portion but I'm having twice of that four, five, six times a day and when I feel like yeah, I'm having custard and I'm having this and I'm having that and I'm having the, the, just just all, all the all the fire things of life you know what I mean because uh-huh. at the time like I said it was a goal of mine to be heavier it was a goal of mine to okay I I shoulder pressed 180 kilos today. I need to go back tomorrow and do more. I need to go back next time and do more. So like the goals were big. So the eating had to be big. And I, at the time, when you start looking at examples of, of powerlifters and, and people that are, you, you're not you're not there to kind of, how can I put this? If, if they're out there pushing themselves, you're like, oh, you know, I'm seeing myself in the same light. So they're eating big, I got to eat big. They're training hard, I got to train hard. And, and that's, that's what kind of pulled me down that path. So yeah, the eating was was uh, was very different to how I eat now. There was no macros. Trust me, there was no macros. <laughs> no, it must be. A, I mean, I, I would like to dig into it some other time as well. But it'd be interesting just to see that whole journey from where you went with the whole identity change. You not valuing being like the biggest guy in the room and the strongest guy in the room anymore. To yeah, and I think like you said, you opened up different elements of your personality, and you probably had more to offer and didn't feel the need to be so you know singular focused. Let's get on to today's topic. Topic, which is obviously around navigating Ramadan, which you have a lot of experience with with yourself. Will you be participating this year? You will be fasting this year? Yeah, looking forward yeah. to it, man. Looking forward to it. It's a fun time. Amazing. And obviously, like, yeah, over the years, I've come into experience with, with taking clients through that journey as well. But I wanted to bring someone on who has not only taken clients through it, but has also gone through it and go through how you navigate it and also how you would navigate it for someone who we work with too. So as you hopefully know, the typical uh, structure of the podcast is to go for a training search question, nutrition question, and a mindset. So we'll get started with the training first. So if someone is going to be fasting this year, if they're going to be observing Ramadan, how do they navigate their training? And we're just going to assume that they're part of, they're not a professional or we can go there, but just someone who is your day-to-day person who's going to the gym, maybe has some weight loss goals. How are they going to navigate their training through the period of Ramadan? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I, I think right now it's the most interesting to have been because, well, if you're in certain parts of the world, you've not had access to a gym, you've not had access to fitness in the way that we've had access to before going back into it's funny because it's the same day right so it's roughly the same day april 12th in the uk yeah gyms open again potentially open again and april 12th is looked at maybe as, as the first day of ramadan so there's things to balance it right and i think the first thing to look at is like if you are a car and you have no fuel you're not going to get very far right <laughs> simply put so let's 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 plan short journeys Let's, let's think of it like that. Let's not yeah. think of it like we're going to try and circumnavigate the same workout that we had last time or come into this with any lofty, grand expectations. Because simply put, you're asking too much of this poor, poor vehicle. And um, mm. that's the first thing to really get home is let's reassess our goals and let's put into perspective what is achievable and what we should even be focusing on right now with regards to training. Because I've done it in the past where I've been obsessed <laughs> with trading and I've been the guy, I think in, my, in our first years at uh, London working together, I was training at two in the morning. I was training at 2 a.m. to get to, to just to make that. sure I got my session in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it didn't work because <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely crash. I'd be terrible for my clients. And um, I can't imagine working. I can't imagine it working for anybody else out there unless you have a, a life schedule where you can sleep during the day and so on and so forth. Getting up at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., actually getting those eight hours in afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody has wacky schedules, especially nowadays if you're working from home. 
it's uh, it's a bit different, right? So I think that's the first thing. We've got to assess. And if you're somebody talking about it from the perspective of somebody who's fairly new to the gym, you don't need to be in there trashing yourself. This is something that I've realized so much more is that the way I take my clients right now is the first things we work on is breathing and moving. It's like, can you can you breathe properly? Can you move properly? They're, 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 they're the two tenets of being a human being. Pretty important, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you stop breathing. Tell me how long you're going to last this transformation. You ain't going to happen, right? So um, that's, that's the first thing. And I, and I would say that in the past, if you're somebody who has gone into the gym with big expectations of yourself and wanted to really push yourself and leave the gym totally smashed, then it's it's simply not the time. You know, it's not the time to to be draining yourself in the gym, but it is the time to explore your body and find out where you've got insufficiencies and slowly start to bring those up. So I would, I would say that is be really honest with yourself in this month. If you're fasting, if you're going through this, this time where you've got less, do a little bit less, but make that less focused and make it so that you can build upon that for the future. So for instance, clients I've got work, I'm working with right now, I took on a guy last year, I'd say two weeks before Ramadan. The the assessments I ran him through and the way that he was moving at the time, it was plain to see that we we simply can't access certain exercises because maybe his his back is in a bad shape or his shoulders are in bad shape. So we spent the month working on his mechanics to breathe better, to move a little bit better. To, to build this cardiovascular base. And, and and these are the things you can do in this month is uh, you can go for walks and breathe through your nose. You can work on your mobility and work on how you're, how you're rotating through your hips and through your spine. And at the end of it, well, you've got a much more capable machine than what you had at the start and you've not ground yourself into the floor. Yeah. That's, that's a simple way as I can put it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, so you could say that it is like the ideal opportunity. Just, I mean, it's kind of similar to when lockdown hit, like for most people who used weight as their way of making progress every time, they now had to go back to basics and be like, well, actually, how do I really effectively execute this exercise so I get the most out mm-hmm. of it, right? So, you know, we all got a better appreciation for how to contract our chest in a press up and how to, you know, really move our bodies in an effective fashion because of the weight can make up for a lot, right? So in a similar mm. sense, you can yeah, potentially back off the training because you're not going to be able to give 110%. You're not going to be making strength gains. So why not, yeah, go through, not go through the motions, but reduce the intensity and then focus on, like I said, building a better foundation for when you get back as well. So I, I like that approach. And let's say someone who's, you know, in a very functional position, they're like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a supple leopard. I don't need to uh, be working on my mobility. Where does their training intensity sit? Let's say they want to make as much progress throughout Ramadan as possible. Because of, again, I don't want to talk too much here, but I wouldn't say this is the time for us to be striving to make big amount of progress. Like if we can get away with maintenance during this phase, like I mm. think this is good. So for someone who does still want to make progress, where do they take their intensity from a training perspective? I would definitely say that you you drop initially and you aim to ramp through the month. Okay. So say the first week and you, you can probably phase it like this. If you're somebody who has a home gym right now or has always around the world and you have access to the gym, Maybe take it to a place where you're building yourself up, building yourself up to a point where the first month of Ramadan, you're needing to take a bit of a deload, a bit of a rest, because you've actually been pushing super, super hard. Mm. And in that time, your body is getting a bit of a rest from, from food. Maybe you're getting a bit more sleep. Maybe you're maybe you're just really knocking it back with regards to training intensity and volume. So you you bring it down by 
65%. Yeah. You, so you bring it down to 65% from where you just were. And then through the month, if you feel you can, maybe you do the first week and a half, first 10 days, first 12 days at that same percentage, and then you slowly start to ramp it up so that when you're out of the month, you're ready to go again. You've got fuel, you're hydrated, you can really run with it. That's that's the thing I would say is, 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 is it's what I've done with my own training in the past is, like you said, not to have a grand expectations is the first thing because otherwise you end mm. up just burning yourself out. And the first week feels like the first month you know what I mean? And then that's, that's really tough. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say just, just pegging both volume and intensity to a point where it's, it's, you've got to last and you've got to last because personally, I find that the first week isn't so bad, but then you get to week two, week three, and then week four for me is always the most difficult because it, you've got no stores left. Your brain is a bit dead. Mm-hmm. You feel quite brittle in yourself. You feel very, very worn out. And I put it in my notes just now. I put it down that you almost feel like uh, you've dieted before, right? You've dieted quite, quite, yeah. quite lean. You've got yourself to that stage. A bit more um, lean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's it's like that every day because uh, even, yeah. even though you're not super lean, it's like that same feeling of oh, I'm like kind of close, close, close. But tomorrow I'm going to feel like this again, and then it's going to get worse and get worse, and then through the month. It's, this is the whole point of it is to, is to persevere from a mindset perspective we'll get on that in a second but yeah. with regards to your training it's really not smart to, to trash yourself so definitely pull back on the volume pull back on the intensities where you can work on movement qualities maybe yeah. potentially swap out exercises so if you've been going into movement into the month with a movement as your, as your primary push primary pull maybe swap it out for something that's a bit more technical so you have to slow it down. You have to use a little bit less weight. It's a it's a focus of, of skill as opposed to output. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's that's really smart. Yeah, work on like you said the weak points within your training as well. And I also like that for those who might not pick this up. If you are someone who's going to be observing Ramadan in the future as well, in the normal circumstances in the world, you know you're going to go for a really heavy training block between January and March, mid March, like mid April, sorry, let's say, and then just perfectly time a deload. So for the first two weeks, you're easing off the pressure of yourself because you needed that break from training anyway. So I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about. So. If Final question on the training front. When is going to be the best time for someone to train mm. if they're, they're going to do it? Because obviously we've got things to consider, such as the hydration side of things, more so than anything. Because a lot of people will be like, yeah, I've done a fast before and I've trained. It's a completely different story when you're not drinking water and you're not hydrating mm. at all. So yeah, when's the best time to train? So speaking of my own personal experience, I've tried it all. I've tried training as soon as I, I, can, I can eat. So I remember being at, being at UP and, and eating a big big bowl of uh, rice flakes and whey protein and some peanut butter and thinking, yeah, I'm going to feel great. I'm going to smash this down. I'm going to get on the gym floor and really tear it up. <laughs> I've never been more bloated in my entire life. I've never been uh, sipping the water, sipping BCAs or whatever. To be like, yeah, this, this is technically totally correct. Like, my body should be fine, firing all the cylinders. It's got food. I'm replenished. I think I walked home and waddled my way home because my body was just not ready for it, right? So it's, it's really, it really depends on on you and I've done the other side of things which is open my fast pray eat a meal chill for a bit and then come to the gym at like I said one two in the morning and try and train then and even that didn't really work well for me because I was obviously sacrificing my sleep my circadian rhythm was all over the place and and whatever testosterone I did have is like just going guy what are you doing here what are you doing you're killing me right now so so get home and get some sleep the answer for me personally is, is, is a strange one because it's to train when you normally train now, I train usually in the day. So I train midday till 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock. And that, for me, as long as I regulate the volume intensity that we spoke about, I feel okay. 
uh, yes, you feel a bit tired, a bit tired, a bit, a bit kind of parched of water. But really, I think because my body is used to doing that, it doesn't find the rhythm to be an upsetting thing. And I think the, the key thing here to, to appreciate is when, when we're looking at training, it's not the training that makes you grow, it's the recovery. Of course. Right? So if I can have my evening time be very, very mellow. And during Ramzan, people out there who fast will know this, that it's a time for reflection. It's a time for being connecting with yourself. It's a time for family. It's a time for kind of being homely and then not really being outward of the world. So times in the past where I've opened my fast and dashed out the door, I'm not really taking the full full experience, right? Yeah, exactly, of the month. So I found that I train in the day. I regulate myself. I do. I do what I can. If, I, if I'm doing five sets before, I'm doing three sets now. If I'm doing. If I was doing sets of twelve before, I'm going to do sets of six now. But I'm still getting the movement done. I'm still stimulating myself. I'm still stimulating my mind. And I'm doing it at a time where I'm just regularly okay because I was doing this before. Yes, I don't have the fuel right now, but I'm going to deal with it by regulating myself. But then on the back end, I'm going to hopefully sleep really, really well. I'm hopefully going to going to appease myself in other ways. Come back to the gym the next day or whenever it is my next training session. And, uh, and go through it knowing that I've, when I when it was my time to feel myself in sundown, when it was my time to eat well and sleep well, I've done that. So I'm okay. That's a very interesting approach. My usual go-to would have been to, yeah, just have a small thing to break your fast and then, mm. you know, let it settle and go in. But then you obviously got a better time of day. And obviously sunset and sunrise are, are very different times at different places in the, in the world mm. as well. So that's, mm. uh, that's another consideration. But that's a really interesting approach. And then I wanted to go through just very quickly on the front of like something like cardio and steps, mm. which we usually prescribe our clients because I want to transition on to nutrition. Where would you go on that front, especially from a cardiovascular standpoint? Mm, it's interesting because uh, I, you'll know exactly what this is like. So when you get to the end of a prep, your body is just trying to conserve and conserve and conserve, right? I remember a couple mm-hmm. of years ago being, being at UP and uh, training a client during Ramadan and just finding myself like standing back and back and back and then just sitting down and being like what the hell am I doing I've just I've just actually been I've, I've, I've no no control of my own I've just come and sat down like, I find myself seated coaching a client across the gym floor like what am I doing I can relate and, uh, <laughs> I can relate so much to that yeah. <laughs> she's like when did I end up <laughs> on the floor <laughs> it's such a common thing especially toward the end of the month and uh, this is when it comes to cardio it comes to steps I, I think you've got to do the same thing with, with training and you've got to say, I'm going to regulate this. I'm going to start off. If I was at 10,000 before, I'm going to knock it down to seven and a half and see how I feel. And I'm going to go from that. I think a lovely time to do your steps is what you suggested earlier is open your fast, do your prayers. You have that, have that window, which is probably, say we open our fast, 8.30 p.m. Just for, just for argument's sake. And then it goes to, okay, by, by 9.30, you should have eaten your meal. Maybe you're praying by like 10.30 or whatever. And there's a little slot there where you can get out and kind of get 20-minute walk-in, 25-minute walk-in based on how you organize yourself. So I'm not going to speak in absolutes. Like people out there will, will, will pray when they can. Some people will pray around time. So it depends. You can definitely find it in your schedule where you can get out get out for a walk. But it's usually it's nice to walk after you just, after you just eat it. Yeah. As things go down, I usually find that you have the whole day of not eating there and then you sit down to eat it can very quickly turn into a feast you know what i mean so it's, uh-huh. it's a case of well, we'll go into nutrition now but have your meal and then have your planned activity and usually i i, I personally don't like to train at that time because it, because it picks me up too much i'm usually quite mellow at that time but sticking my headphones in going out for a nice walk it's lovely perfect and if someone has got like you know cardio maybe they're a runner or something like that what would you recommend on that front 
in terms of like reducing your volume and intensity. Yeah, yeah, same, same, man, same, same. Man. I'd yeah. say if you're if you're a runner, you're conditioned to it. So you've your body's been through this. You you know how to regulate yourself. You know how to 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 adjust your training cycles. And the same thing, I would probably I would definitely ramp up and reuse the first week of Ramadan as a, as a slight drop in intensity, a deload week, and then from there scale again. But potentially you're running you're running a different route. You know, you're running a different terrain. So you so you're making it more of a technical skill game, and um, you're not making it about the output. No way. Perfect. Okay, that, that's beautiful. So if we just summarize, I think the main thing is easing your way in and tapering and then kind of coming back out on the back end of Ramadan, playing it by ear massively, uh, swapping for more skill-based things as opposed to output, time a deload if you can. And I think that's as, as, as much as I had on that front, but I think that's a, and then it, when it comes to timing, it's just a case of doing what works best for you. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to what I've had experience with clients in the past is that, we set out and we put a plan on paper that looks fantastic, but then two weeks in, you know, that doesn't play out in reality and then we need to adjust. So I think that's yeah probably the final point on that one. So that leads us into the next aspect in terms of how would someone handle their nutrition? Let's assume once again that they are wanting to make progress. Let's take us on a client who's on a fat loss journey because that seems to be the most prevalent. Um, how would they navigate? Let's start with how would they navigate the deficit that they're in in terms of still making progress? And then how would they potentially structure their meals, their hydration and everything along those lines? So I would say that if you're if you're in if you're in a deficit, if you, whatever your goals are at this time, I think the the thing to look at most is not to stress the body unnecessarily. So when it comes to when it comes to meal choices, food choices, I find the digestive system such a sensitive thing at this time. Where putting putting restaurant meals in or putting large amounts of food in at at PM hours is difficult anyway. So the first thing to do is definitely observe, definitely make sure that you're you're observing the rules of your own body and you're not freaking out at a time when it would naturally not eat that much anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that you have to get calories in, so on and so forth, let's just make sure that you're, you're choosing digestible forms of protein and, and you're assisting it in the ways you can with uh, with enzymes you know, if you need to or, or, or vegetables or so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Definitely the first thing to look at. In terms of food choices that I would definitely avoid, it would be anything higher in salt because of the the way it play with hydration for the next day or, or so. Makes and uh, if, if you're feeling like you, you need to drink 24-7 because you smashed a, a Turkish the night before, it's not going to be easy, <laughs> man. It's going to be really, really tough. And that, that gets to your head. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't consider that. But yeah, very, very good point. Mm, personal experience, my man. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when your mates are like, oh, let's go out for a meal. And the other, you're like, I'd rather not that you end up getting dragged out. You're just like, oh, good. Okay, fine. I'm going to enjoy myself. But the next day, you're just like, why did I miss it? Why yeah. did I do this? Like, I know the consequence of just waking up in the morning after you've had a meal like that. And yeah, you, you're just so dehydrated. And then, you know, as a byproduct of not even being dehydrated, you're already craving things. And all of a sudden, you want something sweet. And it's like, you know, it's the morning and you're like, oh, yeah, like I've got a tough day ahead of me, right? Too right, too right, man. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. And then um, in regards to goals, so you, I think you painted the picture of somebody who's in a, who's wanting to, Lose body fat. Yes, it's it's. I'd say the first the first point rings true straight away is that don't stress yourself because because we know the implications of cortisol at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely get your rest. That's that's a huge one. It's going to help just regulate the whole system. And uh, because we are waking up very early to pray, we are going to bed very late, full belly. 
So I'd say that the digestion component of this, more so than the actual nutrition, obviously it's very important as well, the nutrition, the digesting of the meal and then getting to sleep is the killer. If you can, if you can eat a, a regulated meal and then you can digest it well to the point where you can sleep fairly soon after it, you're going to rest well. You're going to wake up feeling more fresh than somebody who is on the other end of the spectrum where they're having to sit up in their bed because they've got a really heavy belly and they can't sleep because they're, because they're trying to digest a really heavy meal. Then they've not had any sleep, they've not had any rest, and they're dehydrated, and they're thirsty, and so on and so forth. But then, uh, in regards to food choices, we all we all know the 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 obvious thing in regards to like keeping it clean with 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 protein sources and keeping that high in your meals. Um, I would say what I suggest to clients is always the same in this respect: is is open your fast with traditional senses. So everyone always opens with with fruit, with water, with dates. Go for that because that that's part of the month. You know, that's part of that's part of the time, the tradition, and um, we want to be as fulfilled in that sense as possible because it only happens once once a year so sure. partake in everything like that you want to but then when it comes to your eating be sensible and uh and stick to lean protein sources where you need to stick to easily digestible forms of of carbs of fats keep your vegetables in there it's, it's not it's not rocket science we, we, we know this stuff we know this stuff and uh we know the implications of why we do it so yeah man i'd say the rest of it is just keep it simple no, it makes a lot of sense. Let me go through a typical Umar Malik Ramadan meal. What's going to be your first meal? What's that going to look like when you say, obviously the food sources that are familiar to people is going to be very individual, but what does it look like for you just to give some people a good example? Oh, super simple. So again, like I said, we open our fast with a glass of water. We then have some fruit. So when I say we, I mean my family, we'll have some basically a big bowl of, of chopped of chopped fruit. So you have strawberries in there, you have your yips, your, your berries, and you have your bananas and this, and kiwis, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful. You know, it's, it's the first first bit of food you get all the day. And it's this vibrant, lovely plate looking back at you. you. You're having a good time. It must be amazing. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's nice, right? It's really nice. Because obviously the first thing you want to satiate is your is your hydration. Right? So so you're having uh having a lot in that sense. And then from there you usually pray, come back down and uh, a meal for me that would be ideal would be something like chicken thigh, maybe done in the oven. Really, really nice. I mean, you've you got, you got all the flavors that you want and then uh, an easy, easily digestible full of carbs. So I'm going to have some rice on the side of it, have a, a load of vegetables with this. Again, I'm going to wash it down with some water, maybe some BCAAs mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we're good. We're good. That's, that's as simply as, uh, as I need to go there. Again, I think it's a case of if you, if you have a meal there which is digesting really well, the chances of you eating again within an hour are much higher versus smashing a massive meal and going through loads of fat, going through um, all the things that we know we shouldn't, and then sitting there for the next four hours being like, oh, I can't move, I can't digest this. You're not going to be able to take in more calories. So the next day you'll feel even more drained, and that compounds over the course of the month. You get to the last couple of weeks or the last week or so. And the worst thing for, for a Muslim at this time is missing fasts because that's, that's a sign that, look, you didn't look after yourself. You, you didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. actually prepare well. And now, now you can't partake in, in this holy time. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's what I would, uh, I would say. I like that a lot. I, I didn't realize how strategic it is. And I assume that you learn more about your individual strategy. And I mean, the more awareness you have of your body, the better you are going to you know, feel throughout this. And the one major thing I think you've alluded to is that, you know, we really just want to optimize digestion so that we don't impact our sleep. And because of mm. then it's just going to be a lot more of a manageable process, right? And you can actually enjoy the period for what it is, as opposed to thinking, 
I'm exhausted. I'm starving. My, you know, my mouth is dry from this Turkish I had last night, right? So <laughs> I think that, that makes a lot of sense. No, that's brilliant. And um, I had one final question on that, which is if someone finds himself getting carried away in the occasion, like for instance, with Christmas time, people will say, oh, you know what? It's just 24th, 25th, 26th, but it turns into the whole month of December. What about someone who's getting a bit carried away? What can they do to rein things in, potentially optimize their time a little bit more if they're finding themselves not able to control themselves that well during the time of eating? So, I mean, I don't want to get too religious and too preachy on this, but I guess one thing that kind of sticks in my head at this time is that we, uh, we as Muslims or we as people that fast in this month, we're doing this for a for a clear reason, right? We're trying to empathize with people in the world who don't have, who, who people in the world who, who, who are without 24-7. We're trying to go through that experience so it gives us the, the experience of, of feeling like if, if tomorrow things went bad, well, this is what we'd be like. So I appreciate what you do now. Um, so I guess that's the first thing to kind of mention there. But then um, around that, I would say it's it's obviously reevaluating your goals and just being a bit more clear with yourself in terms of what you're doing and what, what the implications of this are. But um, yeah, it's 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 a very easy time to to fall down that rabbit hole because as soon as you see food in front of you and you haven't had it all day, well, you know, fun, what, is it, what is it? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. You're, <laughs> you're, you're running off your plane like it's going to leave you because it is in a couple of hours. You know what I mean? But then again, mm-hmm. it's uh, I think I had this revelation last year there where it's it's if you think about it like like you're going to go through the struggle and then when it comes time for the reward or the meal at the end of the day. If you're just holding on to that, and you're really indulging. Well, then the next day is going to be even harder. So this, this is this is the thing: is that if we look at this as a recalibration of, okay, when I have my meal, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm not going to make it rule me. Well, then the next day, when I'm feeling my hunger, I know that I'm going to be satiated in a few hours. And I need to be chill with that, but I don't need to look at it like uh, like oh my god, I need to eat there, I need to eat, I need to eat, because then then you can get carried away, and that that can that can filter through the rest of your life as well. You know I mean? So, yeah, I would say just kind of gaining a bit of perspective in regards to what we're letting rule us at this time and what's the actual reason for us being here right now. You know what I mean? Well, I like that. I like that we went deep. And yeah, a lot about uh, self-discipline. I mean, if you said it's a time for reflection, that's really the time to ask those type of questions as well, which leads us on nicely to the last question, which is how, what type of mindset do you approach this from? Because if you're in a position now where, you know, you're a lot more of a centered person, you're a lot more awareness, you have a lot more awareness of yourself. Um, and you've played out these Ramadans, so you've taken a lot of learnings, but what were like the tips and tricks you use with your own mindset to get yourself to where you are today? And where were your, you know, potential pitfalls in the past from a more of a mindset perspective? Because it can't have been easy as a, as a kid as well, right? Because I, I mean, I, I rate the children who participate in this as well. Um, I think it's something that's, like I've said this before, I think children are too soft. I think this is one way to, you know, give them some self-discipline. And I like that. Um, so yeah, give me your experiences as a child, how you manage that and what, yeah, mindset tips and tricks you used as you grew up and into the place you are now. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be totally honest, I didn't fast much as a kid. Okay. I, uh, I, I grew up in a household where it was, my in-laws, my in-laws, my my, my uh, extended family, I'd say, sure. they were were kind of involved with fasting, but the only real person who did it was my mom, and um, she would she would have us do what she called half fasts. So she would she would uh, for the for the occasion and everything else, she would say, okay, you wake up with us in the morning, and then at lunchtime, 
that's it, you're a kid, so you're out your fast breaks. And uh, she would nice. kind of just slowly bring us on the same way that we would with client in the training program. Not going to do, you're not going to do full ball Olympic barbell back squats day one. You're going to hear, here's a spit squat. You go, go crazy. I like that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's cute, right? Yeah, really that's, cute. that's a mom thing. That's a mom <laughs> so that was my childhood experience with it and then getting into my teenage years I again I wasn't in a place with my faith or with myself that I actually partake partook but um, interestingly enough when when I got to a place where you know I'm feeling strong enough that I can carry this this weight and move forward with it I, I actually started the day before everybody else the first the first year I started fasting I remember it um, as, as, a, as a grown individual and somebody can make my own decisions and so on and so forth I was so scared that I couldn't do it that I started the day before everybody else thinking that, you know, I'll just find out today. I'll just find out today whether I can do this. I can actually last. But I'm going to just secretly be fasting. No one will know because I just, I just won't say anything. And um, just to test myself, right? So, um, yeah, that, that, that was that was the mindset initially was I was quite scared. I was quite fearful that I wouldn't be, I mean, worthy of the blessings of this month. I would feel very, very like, oh, I haven't done this before. I'm going to panic. I'm going to have to eat. Will be on my mind, or will be on my mind twenty four seven, and and that that led me to just think, you know what? No, sorry, I'm going to do it on my own first, and then uh, hopefully I'll be okay. And the next day, everyone's doing it, so I'll be part of everybody else, and, and we'll just we'll just do it together. You know what I mean? So, and that's how it went. That's that's genuinely how it went. It was um, it was okay. I I, I I I was kind of building it up. We we suffer more in our heads than we do in reality, right? I love and, that. And um, yeah. that that was that was how that's kind of how I built it up. And then I, I actually read something recently, which makes me think of how you feel during Ramadan, which is that I think in our heads, we also, the, the, the thing that, the paragraph that I read speaks about how we can spend times in our minds in different rooms. So imagine a house that has different rooms, has windows looking out into the world. And if you go into one room, you can see a different one, one view. You go into another room, you see another view. Mm-hmm. And I think at this time, this month, you can spend a lot of time in the room of, oh, I don't have oh my God, I just need, oh my God, like kind of what's happening. Oh, I feel really, really sad. And like, oh, I just, I just want water. And like, I just feel like beaten, right? You yeah. just feel defeated. But I think in that time, what you got to do is picture yourself literally walking out of that room, walking into the next room and being like, what, I, what do I have? I have so much abundance after a certain, a certain amount of time. I get to choose to partake in this thing. I get, yeah. to, I get to exercise myself in terms of uh, just being, seeing my discipline, seeing what it means to, to be full of discipline right now and what that's going to mean for me for the rest of my life. So it's a case of just recognizing where you are and it really makes you shine a light on yourself and be like, okay, where are you spending your time right now? Where's your head at? Because you can't eat and you know you can't, so you've got to deal with it. And you're going to, are you going to, are you going to deal with it by complaining and kind of being feeling like you have not because really you're choosing to do this. So yeah. think of the rest of the world that don't have a choice. You know, we, we do have a choice. I love that. I think that's brilliant. And like you said, it's all centered around gratitude and self-reflection. And I mean, um, I don't mean to be ignorant here because obviously uh, my dad's a Muslim as well, right? So he, he would have partaken in it when he was living back home. We didn't see much of it as growing up, but I didn't realize how much of a time it was for self-reflection, gratitude, like perspective and all those type of things. But it makes sense. And I mean, giving an example of when I've done a fast before, not for religious reasons and not a water fast either, but I found that, you know, once you don't actually have that time to eat, you don't have that, you don't need to drink or anything like that, you're not cleaning dishes or anything like that, all of a sudden you've got a lot of time on your hands, right? Mm. So it's a real time to just look in and just be like, what's going on in my head? And if you haven't touched base with yourself in a while, it can be really valuable, uh, really valuable time to just, yeah, look inwards. 
um, and determine what's going on. And do you like what's going on in there, right? Especially if you're coming from a place of lack, when in reality, this is what I quite often say to people in a different example of fat loss is that you chose to do this, right? You know, mm-hmm. and it's your choices that got you to a place where you're in a position where you have to do this, right? And then again, it's a, it's a privilege to look after your health. And it's a privilege that, again, without selling too preachy, it is a privilege to exercise and all those things. So I love that mentality as well. So any other mindset tips? I love that reframing, but is there anything else on that front that you'd share with people? Mm, I guess I guess the, the overall message of the, of the month is to just, to just look at yourself in a different way. And you can you can... You can have a day where and this is where you find yourself when you're away from the month of Ramadan is that you feel you relive the same day, right? You live the same day in the sense of food is always there, options are always there, and you can you kind of get lost to the to the uh what's the word, the routine of it all. It's it's mm-hmm. it's always just the same. But now you get to see yourself under a different light. So enjoy that. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like kind of learning to not learning to, but but being shown a different version of yourself. And just take that for what it is right now, because again, you're going to go through it, see how you are dealing with these things and then decide from there whether you like this way of dealing with them or is there a way you can actually start to adjust that? Because again, like like I said, the rest of your life, you can always have, uh, you can almost be, be not ever be shown how you deal with adversity, but right now it's coming to your doorstep. Right? You, you've, you've got to deal with it 24-7. You're tired, you're hungry, your routine's gone, you can't train mm-hmm. properly. You can only eat, but you have to sleep. You can't really do that either, right? So it's... Uh, <laughs> It's tough. It's tough. So use it for what it's kind of showing you. And um, again, like you like, like you said, like I've said, it's time for reflection. So take the time to to sit and kind of just be with your thoughts around what am I doing? Do I like it? Is this how I want to conduct myself? And um, I, th- I think you're all the more powerful for it. Absolutely. I couldn't think of um, anything better than really discovering yourself, taking away your fundamental human needs right i think that's a real time where you're going to be like well who the hell am i well you're about to find out you know so i think that's a ideal time to do that so well that's a brilliant note that we can close on there so thank you so much for your time Umar. it's really really good to get your personal insights as well as like how you would do this for someone you're going to be taking this through and uh, all the best when the time comes uh, for yourself as well is there any closing thoughts you have or also when where can people find you online if they want to connect with you when they want to hear more of your work you know i know that you've been part of a very very in-depth podcast over the past few months so let people know where to find you yeah sure sure um uh, you can find me on my Instagram. That's probably the main place I'm most active. I'm not very active on social media, but I, that will be changing. Uh, so my Instagram right now is U-M-A-R-M-A-L-I-K, Umar Malik underscore 91. And very soon I will be opening my uh, my first my first branch of uh, Pioneer Health and Fitness alongside alongside uh, my business partner, TJ Singh. And uh, we're working closely with the with the landlord who's, who's helped us set up an amazing project. So that's going to be a gym that uh, you can follow the follow pioneer underscore health underscore fit on instagram to to check out our journey and uh yeah yeah follow along and in terms of closing thoughts uh enjoy your month of ramadan it's not much it's not a long way now and um yeah just 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 let us know your thoughts write in on the podcast 
and uh, share, comment, and subscribe. Amazing. Well, I did not know that we were disclosing the gym information, by the way. I tried to keep that to myself throughout the entirety. I was like, yeah, he's just working on some project. But no, I'm glad that you're revealing that to the world because that's really exciting stuff. And I'm, I'm not following the Pioneer page, so I definitely want to follow us on Instagram and we'll watch the journey of that being built. So thank you again, Umar. As he said, if you enjoyed the podcast today, if you took anything away, then the best place to find us both is Instagram. So screenshot point of which you took away a valuable point uh tag us both in it and let us know what you enjoyed about it and that is everything from us today so i hope you took a lot of value from this thank you so much for listening take care guys and we will speak very soon and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being be sure to search for simply fit in apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast from And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.